You're listening to a special edition of Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. We're your hosts, Vedanta Kari. And I'm Antonio Fermi. And thanks for joining us. This current pandemic has led to the biggest disruption of our education system in modern history. In spring 2020, we saw college campuses and K-12 schools across the world shut down and switch to online learning, bearing the uncertainty of how long this would really last. The initial plan for remote instruction was only supposed to last a few weeks, but that few weeks online evolved to a whole semester of online schooling, which turned into almost a year fully online. For those staying remote in spring 2021, That'll become one year and two months online. During the fall 2020 semester, Antonio and I reached out to six people about remote instruction. So tonight, as we finish nine months of remote instruction, we will hear from them back to back. Math, science, social studies, These are all subjects that might become more challenging teaching to a group of students online. But what about band class? Can you learn to draw online? And when will student athletes be able to start playing sports again? To find out more about this, I spoke with three different teachers from the Ithaca area to see what Jonathan Fleischman, the orchestra director at Ithaca High School, had to say. Fleischman graduated Ithaca College in 2015 with a BA in music education and viola performance. He went on to teach at schools in Syracuse and Georgia before being hired as the permanent orchestra director at Ithaca High School in January 2020. In addition to leading the chamber and string orchestras, Fleischman also teaches a music theory class and a weekly lesson for each specific section. You know, in March before we closed, we had a standard eight period day. I would spend, you know, the two orchestras would each have a rehearsal per blo- one per one per day. There would be a period of theory and then a couple sectionals throughout the day. When the COVID-19 pandemic struck, Ithaca High School transitioned to online learning and Fleischmann's schedule became a blur. We kind of didn't really have set class times anymore. You know, you're not in classes, you're learning online, and it seems a little bit easier, but when you do it in real life, it's actually not. We can rehearse as a group, you know, over Google Meet or Zoom or something like that, but I can't hear them just because of technology and stuff. If they were to unmute themselves, it would be a mess, and there there would be no way we would be functional. Fleischman said that he will either conduct or play for his students when they're at home, but he can't hear them playing. This ultimately hinders his ability to make feedback on their performance. That, I would say, is the biggest adjustment, is that there's really all the ways that we did that before. Um, You know, playing as a group and kind of me hearing them and, you know, immediately being able to say that note was out of tune or that sounds good, that's gone. In October, Ithaca High School adopted a hybrid schedule that allowed students the opportunity to return back to school in person. We ended up going to a cohort system 
So we took our student body that wanted to come back in person, divided it in half, um, and half of our students come to school Monday, Tuesday, and then they are, you know, online Thursday and Friday, and then the other half is the opposite. On Wednesday, all students attended school virtually, giving the students time to do homework and teachers to hold office hours. Fleischman said what's nice about the hybrid schedule is that there are actually kids in the room. And, you know, if they're playing at home, my mic is, is on. Obviously, if I'm conducting them, it's silent. But if I'm playing, you know, they can play along with me and stuff like that. But with other kids in the room, you know, they have, it's almost, almost like they're playing with the group-ish. While there are other limitations like internet speed, Fleischman said the current hybrid model is better than what it was. So it's not totally, totally impassable, but um, definitely not what it used to be. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Fleischman said his goal as a music teacher is to highlight the work that his students have put in. Back in the spring, Fleischman said he made the decision to deliver the fall and winter concerts virtually. We didn't know what the climate would hold at that point. Um, so that kind of opened the door for virtual recordings, which most of our ensembles did in the spring. We hired through an outside company to produce those. Now, there are a lot of ways that these students were able to keep practicing, whether that would be through playing their instruments at home or private lessons. But at the end of the day, Fleischmann said that he and the students do miss playing with a full band, something that is very difficult to replace virtually. I do prefer in person just because, you know, that's as a musician myself and as, an, as a teacher, you know, that's that's what we thrive on is that immediate connection with um with kids as they're playing, you know, we can get feedback and we can hear and see the improvement live. Um, and I think that's what the kids miss the most too, is playing that, that ensemble aspect. Um, you know, when you're in an ensemble as, let's say a senior in high school that started in third grade, you know, that's nine, 10 years that they've had that experience um, and they miss it. They, they really do. So I've tried my best to replicate that. When Ithaca High School switched to a hybrid learning system, Fleischmann said that his biggest challenge was balancing between teaching the kids that were present in the room and the kids that were online. Because it would be so easy to just rehearse the kids in the room and the kids online play along. But that's that's not, you know, that's that's 50% of the experience for them. Um, so it's kind of really making sure that we, or I, you know, and making sure that they're interacting with each other, that they're working together as a group, even though they're split in half. Despite the limitations, Fleischmann has found some benefits to online learning. I try to use the fact that they are in their own little bubble to their advantage. Um, so for instance, whether it's saying, you know, take 10 minutes, practice this part on your own, if they were in a group or in a room altogether, there would be constant noise. They would be worried about playing in front of people. Are they seeing me, you know, mess, mess up this note or something like that? If they're all alone at home, then it's kind of their own little safe environment. So I've done a lot of that. That's but that's that's been an advantage. Um, but I, I think it'll be really nice, you know, when this is all over to, you know, have all of them in the room and just play a song together. I know I miss that, I know they miss that, so It'll be nice to have that eventually. At the end of the day, teachers such as Fleischmann have one goal. For better or worse, they have to make it work.
The pandemic poses additional risks for certain pockets of the student body. One of these students is Megan Hanley. She is a junior at Ithaca College, majoring in television, radio, and writing. Hanley has an autoimmune disorder and describes to us how that affects her everyday life during the pandemic. Being immunocompromised during this has been very frustrating because there are a lot of people that I would like to see who I just can't. And a lot of people in my area aren't taking it seriously, which is what I was concerned with in going back to Ithaca because when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter how safe you are. If the people around you have decided not to be safe, then you're screwed because we all have read and we all know that the mask protects other people, not yourself. I do have an internship, but they are very, very COVID cautious and there are minimal staff. I'm very fortunate that I was able to go back. The places that I've gone are, you know, really quickly the grocery store. I've gone outdoor dining maybe twice with my grandmother and I've formed a pod, which you might have heard of. They say form a COVID pod, which is just people who only see each other. So there's a group of four of us um, who only hang out with each other. So I go to my partner's house and that's the only place that we go. So that's what my life kind of looks like. And all of those people are very, very cautious. If we go somewhere else, we usually quarantine for a couple of days or they let me know, um, which can be frustrating. But when it comes down to it, it's just the safest way to go. And have you come into contact with anybody who's tested positive for COVID-19? We had a scare. My brother um, has autism. And his classroom is one of the only ones that, that have actually been allowed back to the public schools. So his classroom is the only one in the entire building of usually a thousand students. So we thought, okay, this is probably safe. There's like 10 kids. That's it. Um, we found out that the aide that is in his classroom, um, his wife went to the hairdresser who was positive. So we are concerned <laughs> and I'm currently quarantining just in case. Um, but I personally have not come in direct contact with someone who is positive. Okay, and do you think remote learning is feasible for Ithaca College? And do you think we'll return to campus in spring 2021? The hard thing about this is remote learning is feasible, but not for the long run. And it's also not feasible for everyone. I was supposed to be in our advanced studio class this semester, and I had to switch that. You know, you just, your plans have to change. For a semester or two, it might, it might work. And so far, um, I don't know about the rest of the students. It, it's very, very differing depending on what courses you're taking. But so far... I have been doing okay. I switched into some more aesthetic and storytelling types of classes as far as television. And the writing department is very, very strong for how they've been working online. I, I'm proud to be in that department. They've been doing a great job. As far as students who are hands-on, like my roommate is occupational therapy. She's very, very concerned. And I know a lot of our population is music students who have to practice from their rooms now. They're supposed to be in ensembles and they're not. And Working in admissions, I'm very cognizant of the fact that Ithaca goes around the idea of theory, practice, and performance. And the only thing that can really happen right now is the theory. You can't practice at home. I mean, you can, but you can't practice with others. And performing on Zoom just doesn't really happen. It happens in a different way, but not to the degree it should. I do think that it is feasible for us to go back in a hybrid form. Um, if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said no. But Cornell is doing really well. If you look at their numbers, they test their students weekly. They do a spit test and they're very, very cautious and careful. Do I think the landscape of the college will be the same? Absolutely not. At least we could have small groups kind of getting back together and doing things and classes that like my studio one that I had to change, they could be hybrid. So at least I could partially get the experience and still do it in a safe way. It's just a matter of having a 
cemented plan, which when we were coming into the fall, it was clear that we didn't. There were just things that weren't making sense. Like I'm going to put one roommate in a hotel and move this person in and test you here. And basically we could tell that last semester, the college was just trying their best and the plan was loose and had some weird parts to it that didn't really make sense. But if we were to work out a cemented plan, something that had the confidence had confidence and trust in and clear procedures, I think it would be feasible to move back, just not in this in the way we did before COVID. Ithaca College has canceled the spring 2021 LA semester due to COVID-19 concerns. Hanley takes a class with an LA professor and describes how his behavior during the pandemic affects her reaction to the LA semester's cancellation. He doesn't go out to eat, not even outdoor. He goes to the grocery store, he's not in his office, and that's just what he has to do. And if that's what your professors are doing, why are you going to send students out there and risk their safety? It's obviously a bummer, but it's, it's the right thing to do. Maria McMahon has been teaching art at Ithaca College and taught art at two community colleges for about nine years. This semester, she is teaching two drawing classes. Going from teaching in person to online, yes, required a lot of out of the box kind of thinking, as you may well imagine. When students went home for spring break and were told not to come back as COVID-19 cases began to rise, she said that a lot of students didn't have their art kits that they used in class. Many did not have their drawing paper. They did not have their graded pencils. They may have just had you know, lined notebook paper and like, you know, um, grocery store yellow pencils that you get at the dollar store. Um, and indeed, some students had no choice but to, to use those things to do their projects. McMahon said that in her teaching experience, there have been some advantages and disadvantages with online learning. Some of the things that I found to be actually more advantageous to online teaching, some of that I will now take to my face-to-face -face teaching. Like for instance, the YouTube channel. I, I never had need. In fact, if somebody had said a year from now, you're going to have a YouTube channel, I would have found that to be silly, actually, you know, I'm not Bob Ross. <laughs> but, uh, but because of this, it, 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 it forced me to think outside the box and to try to think of other ways, other ways to do demonstrations. And I even bought a new um, laptop, you know, one, you know, I can use a stylus with this laptop and, you know, it comes with a whiteboard. I didn't have that before. I didn't have need for it, but, um, but now that I have it, this is also something I'm going to, I'm going to take to my in-class teaching. One aspect of McMahon's class is where the whole class critiques each other's work and then they get to hang up their work on the wall. Now, McMahon asks her students to take pictures of their drawing throughout various stages of the process in a Google Photos album. The earlier manifestations of the project remain in the, in the online gallery so that you can see the progress. You can revisit it. It's, it's good for instruction as well as evaluation 
You know, I mean, it's it's good for a lot of things. By putting these pictures onto an online cloud, McMahon and her students are now able to view these photos whenever they want. But on the other hand, the downside to this is not being able to see those drawings in person. A finished drawing is an object. And the scale of the paper, the format, is it a rectangle? Is it an, is it an oval? Is it a cutout? Is it on thick paper or thin paper, you know, board? What the quality of the paper, all those things matter. And those are less, it's, it's, le it's not as easy to assess those things online as in person. Scale alone, as you may well imagine, a, you know, that scale can have a presence, whether it's something massive or something very small, you know, with an intimacy, you know, online scale disappears. Everything, you know, is the same size. It all fits in the same format. So that is lost. When it comes to interconnectivity during class, McMahon said she appreciates the students who will turn their cameras on, where she can see their facial expressions and body language. There are a few students, not many, not many, but there's a few students, I, if I ran into them, on the street, I wouldn't recognize them, you know, because I only see their initials. If students miss a class, they can log on to their computers and catch up on the lesson they missed. This is another great benefit that has budded from this pandemic and online learning. In a nutshell, yes, I, I've been surprised with um, some of the advantages. And as I say, they're not they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Now I'm going to use that YouTube channel in my class. I mean, there's some things that I'm still going to use that I never would have without this being forced to, to think outside the box, you know, through teaching this way. When the academic year began, I had to temporarily take my classes in Illinois due to a family emergency. That meant taking my morning classes and having assignments due an hour earlier, which wasn't that bad. Now, imagine taking Eastern time classes, but in a different country across the world, as is the case for an Ithaca College student in Pakistan. My name is Eamon Glimran. I am a junior and I'm a business major with a double concentration in international business and marketing. So can you describe what it was like for you to switch to remote learning in spring and then continue in fall 2020? In spring, I was actually studying abroad in Amsterdam. Over there, we have a six week um, semesters essentially. So they're kind of like block courses. And so the second my first um, semester ended was when the university shut down and we, I had exams the next week. So it was really sudden and out of the blue, our program, like the study abroad program shut down entirely and they asked us to return to our home countries. And so I had to come back to Pakistan and Basically, after that, there was a three-hour time difference I had to manage, and there was um, not a whole lot of communication uh, with the professors or even the college itself. We would maybe get an email every week or, or 10 days where, like, a random professor would say that, okay, the, the university's in the... Um, 
works of like coming up with some some way for you guys to handle the situation. Till about the first of April, we actually did not know whether we were going to have online classes or not because all of the colleges and universities had to shut down uh, for the remaining month of May. And so this, this was like honestly. At that time, it was very depressing for me, like kind of traumatic even because, uh, you know, like obviously someone who goes to study abroad is like super excited about it. And suddenly like their program shuts down. They don't know if they're going to be continuing with their lessons, how the credits are going to transfer over and so on. So it was it was pretty difficult. And honestly, by the end of it, um, I was so unhappy with the situation because it was hard to communicate with professors, especially I feel like um, face to face interaction is so important, especially like personally, like. I think it's very important. After that semester was over, I was actually very scared of the fall semester because I'd be returning to Ithaca and I had no idea how anything was going to work. So I had contemplated taking a leave of absence because not only was there going to be a a bigger time difference, but also I, I wasn't ready to relive my, like, experience from the from the last semester but then I talked to my advisor about it and he said that if I can manage the time difference which I thought that maybe I could at the time I only was like nine hours ahead so I I figured that okay it'll be like evening classes it shouldn't be too hard and so once the semester started I was actually like surprised because all the professors they were really accommodating a lot more than the, uh, the ones in Amsterdam let me tell you it hasn't been easy in terms of the time difference obviously um i i'm up at like i wake up at 5 p.m and i'll go to sleep at 7 30 in the morning it's it's kind of ruined my routine and i think you know you don't get enough time out like you know you can't really go out and track with people and i think that ends up depressing someone people and it also acts as a bit of a demotivator but i think at the end of the day I personally try to look on like the bright, like the positive side of things and say that, okay, you know, like I'm still managing it so far so good. And so that's, that's kind of what keeps me going here. Is there anything else you think that IC could be doing better in terms of remote instruction? Some professors do have like mandatory like attendance. And I think that tends to stress some people out, especially like for me, sometimes my last class is at, um, 12 AM by, by that time, I'm naturally pretty brain dead and we normally have like a quiz at the end of each week and attendance is also like mandatory and uh, we're allowed for unexcused absences, but I think not really having guidelines on what qualifies as an unexcused absence. And so like, for example, I don't know if I've used up any because sometimes my internet connection stops working. And that's actually been a huge obstacle I've faced being in Pakistan. There is constant construction and like whatever. So we don't have great signals a lot of the time. So sometimes I can't make it to my classes. And actually because of the signals, I actually couldn't take an exam one time. And that really um, affected my grade. And has Pakistan shut down schools and universities and or switched to online learning? Uh, yeah, so so Pakistan keeps like kind of alternating um, up until the 15th of September. Uh, Schools were completely online. Everything was online. And then uh, they reopened schools and institutions uh, on the 15th of September. But I've heard that by the end of this month, um, most institutions are uh, considering switching back to online learning. The only downside is that now they're also holding their exams earlier. So before the semester ends, um, just because they want to have like in-person um examinations. So I, and I feel like that's been a little, um, worrisome because they usually, uh, 
cram a lot of students into one big hall, like they're packed like sardines taking exams. And I feel like that really increases the, the risk of spreading. So um, hopefully we're going to be going back to online learning by the end of the month. But so far right now, schools are for the most part in person. Josh Chase is the Director of Physical Education and Health for the Ithaca City School District. He's also a physical education teacher and the department chair at Ithaca High School. There's approximately 25 to 30 teachers in all that I oversee and I work with throughout, throughout the year. From heart rate to muscles to training principles, Chase gave his students a lot of cognitive work when he first went online back in March. It was difficult, uh, you know, being new, never been going through this before. Uh, we were building things day by day and relying on each other to uh, step up and, and work together. And it, it went really well, I thought, to, you know, for the first phase. Um, obviously, can it be better? Yes, it always can be better. And we're learning as we go. Chase said that keeping his students engaged is very tough, especially after the Board of Education's policy came down to the decision that teachers are not able to ask their students to keep their cameras on. Our school district has a policy where the students don't have to turn on their camera so a lot of times we are staring to a blank screen and um, it's tough for the teacher. I mean, also as a student, because you don't know what they're doing behind there. Um, and, you know, this is a challenging time for everybody. And, you know, I think students need physical activity more than ever, not only for their, you know, uh, their mental ability, but just, you know, physically be able to move and, and, and get out of the situation of sitting in front of a computer for six, eight hours a day and being active. Um, but you put that, you put that uh, responsibility on a student that's at home. Are they going to do it? Or are they not? They're going to be on their phone. Are they going to be doing something else? That's, you know, what is out of our hands at this time. Now Chase has two young kids in the district, one at the elementary school and one in middle school. He said he noticed a significant difference in the way these two age groups have participated during gym class. The majority of kids are online. The majority of kids are in front of a camera. They can't wait to see their teacher and they're excited and they um, can't wait to move and be active. Then you move up to the middle school and it starts to be, you know, kind of pick and choose of who's going to be in front of the camera and who's not. Then at the high school, it's, 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 um, it's unfortunately a, a lot of times it's a blank screen. When the school recently went virtual for a couple of weeks, Chase described how they were doing the best they could to keep their students engaged, even if they weren't able to gauge where their attention was at. I mean, I'm in front of the camera. I'm doing exercises. I'm showing the students that I'm going through yoga movements. I'm going through HIIT workouts. And I encourage students to join in. And I'm like, you know, am I going to be the only one here? Am I going to be the only one doing this? And a couple kids will pop on, which is been a pleasure for me because at least I get to see somebody along with me doing this. I don't, you know, like I said, they could be home sitting in bed. Do they click it on? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that they are being active during this time when I'm also trying to be active and promote uh, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Chase said the lessons other teachers have implemented to keep students engaged have been nothing short of incredible. Different games, card games with different exercises to uh, kind of like a whack-a-mole. If you see, if they see you on the camera, you get, you know, have to do 10 push-ups. And they're really engaging at the elementary level for those students that need that type of structure. At the middle school, same thing we've been doing, uh, kind of a mix and match of um, HIIT workouts to body weight workouts to uh, the yoga part, um, 
having them explore a little bit on their own. Although we try not to do that that much because that is putting a lot of responsibility and, and there's a lack of structure there that I think the students are not ready for. They need that structure. They need that um, guidance to perform um, the physical activity and be kind of instructed on how to do and what they're doing. Chase said that the PE teachers at the high school are doing an amazing job performing the online workouts over Zoom. After a long day, Chase said that he's the first to admit how tiring these exercises can really be. I, I'm the first one to admit, I mean, you get going two or three of these a day and in these 45 to an hour and a half long sessions and my body's sore by you know Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm ready for a break. So, you know, we got to switch up the routine. I got to do something different. Chase said that the best thing is that his students are adapting well. At the same time, he believes the lack of sports is devastating, especially for student athletes. If I was a high school uh, player and athlete, I'd, I'd be very upset, but it's, you know, something that they have no control over. You know, I've heard people say, you know, play each game like it's your last, well, you, you know, your last game could have been played last year and, and you had to make the most of it. And you don't realize it until it's gone. You don't realize it until that time's passed. Chase is a man who wears many hats. He's also the assistant coach for the varsity baseball team which had its season cut short last spring. We had a phenomenal group of, of players that we, we were going to work with, and we had really high expectations. And, you know, for them never to step on a field, never be able to compete was a real travesty. And, and it's a, a very unfortunate. But, um, you know, as long as they, they've had good guidance and they're, you know, moving on in life and they're doing well, that's what we're, we're proud of and um, we're happy with. But now it's kind of a sit and wait to see what happens and see what new uh, – standards and guidelines we have to go by. Athletes are doing three to four preseason workouts a week, but Chase doesn't think sports happening in the spring is realistic. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm hoping that there's a way for some of these sports to take place. Um, you know, there, some of these sports can be done with um, correct guidance and, uh, you know, protocols, they can be followed. So, you know, I hope that there is some uh, possibility for these sports to take place. I hope they look at that and not just shut down the whole year because one group can't play over another. Um, that spring group last year, you know, this, this will be two years if they don't, if they're not allowed to take part. Chase is in charge of a summer baseball team in Ithaca where he said they had a fun and safe summer season. We met in groups. We were spread out, um, sanitizing everything, you know, at all times. And knock on wood, we made it through the entire from July 6th until late October without a case of, of COVID in our group. Chase said his summer league was able to play over 75 games in total. It was really an awesome thing. I mean, I, I, it was great to see those kids in a setting where, you know, things were shut out from the outside world and they're taking, taking place and they're playing a the game of baseball and it was, it was great. So I hope that we can get to that point where we can have some, some of those games um, take place this spring. With online learning, Screen time has only become a more eminent problem for students. It's difficult to stay active during a pandemic. Um, I always tell my students in class, you know, I'm the last person you're going to see that's going to be, you know, kind of forcing you to be physically active. The next time when you step out, out of those school doors and you graduate, um, the next person to do that is yourself um, taking that role of uh, being active, being motivated to be physically active in lifetime sports. Chase said the one thing he wants from his students is to bring their best to every class. I will download a, a yoga sheet from online and say, here's, we're going to go through a sequence of yoga. I'll go through it. I've been through a couple lessons with uh, guest speaker, or guest uh, instructors that came to school. And I go through it with them. I'm saying, I'm not the best. I'm not the most flexible. Uh, I'm giving it a chance. I want you to as well. And, and, you know, that's all I ask is for them to give their best.
for now, competitions have stopped with no clear date for when any college athletes will begin their seasons again. And for many seniors, that day will never come. For many senior athletes, a ticket back home in March was the only goodbye they'll ever get from Ithaca. But what about the other college athletes? Next, we speak to Olivia Schlackman. She is a junior speech-language pathology major at Ithaca College, as well as a deaf studies minor. Schlackman was a spring athlete on the women's swimming team, so their season had already ended prior to the pandemic. But she still faced other problems like many college athletes during the pandemic. It was hard, though, not being able to work out when all the gyms were closed and all like the fitness centers were closed, because like if you don't have equipment, like it's pretty hard to come up with ways to like work out that like it's something different because you could come up with like a routine, but like it gets boring after a while and you want to do other things. So it was hard to adjust to that. But then as things opened up and like gym started to be open again, I was able to like go back and work out in my gym. So it was at least something. And now that we're in the fall and we can't train for like our, well, now the season's been canceled, but um, we're still doing like team workouts together. So like we're making an effort to make it feel like a normal season, even though we know it's going to be anything but normal. As sad as it is that we won't be able to like compete under the Liberty League and like compete for a championship, there is talk um, of doing like more local stuff. Like I know the director of athletics, um, Susan Bassett, mentioned how um, they're thinking about like the college is thinking about maybe doing like local competition and we would just train like in pods, if that makes sense. So like they'd split the teams up into groups. So that way it's like you can social distance at practice and it's safer. And they're thinking about allowing like local schools to come and compete. So like Cortland, for example, like we could have a meet with them. We could have a meet against like maybe Albany or even RPI because they're in state. So I think that they're okay with like doing in-state stuff. So it's definitely like a beam of hope it's just sad that we won't have like the sense of normalcy that like we would normally be getting if we if things were normal. And just to clarify the stuff you mentioned about local competitions that has not been finalized yet, correct? Yeah, nothing's been set in stone. It's just um, like right now it's just talk like ways that we could possibly like promote safe like competitions. So that way, like we can still like have like a reason to train because I feel a lot of the winter athletes now are sad. Like there's nothing to train for like, yeah, we can train for next season, but like that's still a long ways away. So like, I think the idea of us doing local competition, it definitely will give like the athletes who could possibly still have somewhat of a season. It'll give them some form of motivation to stay like positive and stay happy about the idea of still being given something. I asked Olivia about her remote learning experience during spring and fall of 2020. It was a little difficult only because um, there were some classes that I were in that really required like the in-person learning. So like, for example, I was in American Sign Language one last semester and American Sign Language, it's all like with the hands and it's about visuals and like 
communicating, like using like physical hand gestures and using your face. And so when we had to switch to remote learning, it was incredibly difficult to like practice like our signs and like practice like grammar and stuff like that over zoom because especially if someone's internet let's say it's unstable like you might not be able to understand what the person is trying to sign and especially if like it was a quiz for example like we had a few times where our professor would be signing something for a quiz and like her internet would cut out and we would like all get really nervous because we'd be like uh can you repeat it like we kept having to ask her to repeat so it was just difficult with like those types of classes where it was meant to be like in-person visual, but there were some that it wasn't as hard of a transition. Just the professors had a hard time transitioning from in-person to online. So they had to literally rework like their entire syllabus. And what classes did work for you in spring 2020 during the switch remote learning? The fundamentals of interpersonal communication I believe it was for my social science requirement and it wasn't really like super exam and quiz and like paper based, if that makes sense. Like it was mostly just discussions and like following PowerPoint slides. So it wasn't as hard of a transition for that class because we just literally like the only thing that was different was just not being in person. And I would also say probably, um, my articulation and phonological disorders course when we were in person we would meet every day or like every monday wednesday friday and then um when we went remote um he made all of the lectures asynchronous and he would just record them and put them up on our sakai page and it actually made it a lot easier to um like review the information because we could do it on our own time so it made it easy to learn and it helped improve my grades. So I could, I didn't complain about it. It was pretty nice. And so do you feel like you had a harder time or an easier time going into the fall 2020 semester when we had been accustomed to Zoom learning for about six months at that point? When I found out we were going to be remote, I was definitely upset because I thought that we were like going to go back and I thought that we had like a good plan to go back, but I wasn't nervous about um, like the transition into fully remote learning for a whole semester because we had already had like three months in the spring of remote learning, even though it may have been a little hectic because no one really knew how to handle it because the teachers were just expected to like go remote fully for a whole like three months and they weren't prepared. So I think now like they were prepared and they were able to like adapt their class to fully online. And I think another thing that also helped was I took a summer course over um, over the summer, like in the first month. And that was fully asynchronous, like online. So that like helped me prepare myself just in case um, like some of my classes were to go asynchronous. So I think in a way, as much as the spring was like hard, it did help prepare us for the fall. So I felt like it wasn't as much of like a, oh my God, I'm going to like, I'm not going to do well type of uh, thing. And despite the easier time in fall 2020, is there anything you think that IC could be doing better in handling the COVID-19 pandemic? I do think that with the fall, semester they definitely could have um planned it out better because like they kept like changing the dates and they kept changing their mind about what they wanted to do and like when we were supposed to find out when we could move in like 
they didn't release the information right away. Like that's when I kind of knew that something was like something was up, like something was going to happen. I definitely think if they took maybe a little more time to prepare because they already had like the three months that we were remote in the spring, I think they could have like taken that time to like discuss ways to return safely. I mean, we're going to go back in the spring. So, I mean, that's a good sign, but I think like they could have applied like what they're doing for the spring to the fall. And I think it would have been a much easier transition. Do you feel like most of us will be back on campus for spring 2021? I'm hoping that we will be. And I have a feeling that now that we've done a whole semester online, they're a little more prepared in their approach for how we're going to move in. And like, they have a pretty detailed plan about like who can travel when, like who's going to have to quarantine for a specific amount of time. Like, I think they've actually like learned from maybe their past mistakes and they've actually done like a good job at planning and they've done a good job at like laying things out in a way that's easy to understand. So I have a feeling that if like we follow it, like the students follow the plan the way they have it laid out, then I think we'll have a good shot at safely returning and being hopefully returning to like a somewhat normal semester. And I just want to get your general thoughts on how you think the country is handling the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I definitely think that with the news of the vaccine, um, like both companies that have been working on the vaccine, it's nice to hear that like they're very effective with very minimal, if not any side effects. So it's hope that if they can like get it through the last stage of testing and start like mass producing it and distributing it among the states, I definitely think that possibly by next year, like things could slowly return to normal. And I definitely think as much as like this upcoming spring semester will definitely be like different in comparison to most, I definitely think like for students who are planning on returning in the fall of 2021, I definitely think that that school year will look more normal than it did like this past semester or in the spring. And overall, like I do think that we've done a better job as a country trying to adhere to like the guidelines but I definitely think that with rising cases, it's probably a sign that people are just getting tired of living this way, which is understandable because it's been going on almost the entire year. So I definitely think that while we have made progress, it's still important that we still continue to like be as safe as we possibly can. Students are still unsure about what's ahead for them after winter break. So I asked Megan, Eamon, and Olivia if they have any advice or thoughts for other students. Make connections. Just because we're on Zoom doesn't mean you can't make connections. My email is mhandley at ithaca.edu. And I know that I've made some new connections even over Zoom. You know, I've made some new friends. I've talked to people who are really looking to talk to other students and work with other students, even though we're apart. And I think that's really important. Even if we're on Zoom, we're all all going through similar things. We're all going through Zoom fatigue. We're all frustrated. We all want to be back on campus. So talk to somebody about it who gets it. I know people are probably sick of hearing that, you know, everyone's going through the same thing. I personally think that, you know, that that while everyone's going through the same thing, that doesn't necessarily decrease the amount like of feelings that we're encountering right now. And I think if you, I think it's very important for us all to have a positive mindset right now and just be hopeful that 
we will get through it. Maybe not in the next few months, maybe not even the next year, but we will eventually like get through this and we have to come together as a community and work through it. We can't, uh, and, and obviously if, if people are, you know, like dealing with very intense feelings, they should talk to people because I think talking really helps and getting it out of your system is very important. Especially for like freshmen, like it may be difficult right now that you're not getting the experience that you're hoping for. Like you still have plenty of time to make memories and make friends. Like it's all going to get better. And this is just one small little hiccup that we're going through. And for, I'd say for the sophomores and the juniors, like you still also have time, like don't like give up and like get frustrated at the situation because it will get better and we're aiming to get better. And for the seniors, I would say, yes, it stinks that your senior year may not be the way you were thinking. However, there's still so much more of life that you're going to be able to experience when things are normal, like getting a job for the first time or buying a house. Like you're still going to experience those major life milestones. And if things don't pan out the way you hope, then it's not the end of the world. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear this show anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search for WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from manager of television and radio operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB station manager, Sam Ives, programming director, Lou Barron, and news social media coordinator, Gabrielle Topping. Thank you. Today's episode of Ethica Now was produced by Antonio Fermi and myself, with assistance from news director, Jay Bradley, and News Managing Director Celine Tutar. All the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at wicb.org. We will be back next week with our best of episodes of story from the fall season of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday. This is Vedanta Kari. And I'm Antonio Fermi. And thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.